Good morning. Uh, again, my name is Andy Nelms, and I am one of the associate pastors here. Uh, I, I think I'm actually the newest uh, associate pastor here. I came on staff in July, and I'm so thankful to be here this morning getting to worship with all of you. I want to welcome you to worship. If you are uh, on the stream this morning or wherever you are, I want to welcome um, Steve, welcome Emily. I, w- I want to welcome Ron and Rex and Donna and, and all of those who are who are tuning into worship this morning. I want to I want to say welcome. We are so glad that you are here. I want to welcome you, especially if this is your first time. Um, we know that, you know, checking out new churches, uh, checking out a community of faith is, is difficult. And so we want to say welcome. We are so glad that you are here. And, and what you're going to hear this morning is a, um, is a word based on, on our scripture and, and is about the fact that you actually belong here. You know, that's what I've been thinking about um, this week as we've been meditating on this text of Ephesians. And we are starting a new sermon series this morning called This Is What We Do. This is what we do. It's this series simply based on how we act as a community of faith and, and these core values that we share as a community. And one of those values is belonging. Belonging is what we do. And I think that's so important. In fact, what I've realized in my own life, maybe you've realized this as well, is that belonging is important. Belonging is important. This thing that we have, this this temptation, this desire that we have to belong is incredibly important. Maybe you realize this as a young child, right? And, and, and you started to make friends. Maybe you moved um, as a child and you realized how important it was to find a place that you belong. Or maybe you've realized this as an adult, as you've um, formed a community of friends, as you've formed colleagues and, and, and all of these people, these, these circles around you, you've realized how belonging is important even more so now in a pandemic. Finding a place that you can associate with, finding a people, a group that you can be with is important. Belonging is important for many different reasons. And and one of those reasons is this, that we look like what we surround ourselves with. Right? We look like what we surround ourselves with. You, you know this if you're a parent and you get really concerned about whom your children make their friends with, right? Because you know that those friends are sometimes going to have more influence than you yourself have influence over your child. And you, you know this when you've surrounded yourself with a group of friends who have maybe, you know, done the wrong things throughout junior high or high school and you found yourself in that own temptation of doing those wrong things or, or maybe you have have friends that did the right things. You know, I've realized this throughout my own life. Um, I've realized this throughout my own life that, that we look like what we surround ourselves with. And, and I've realized this. Um, have you ever noticed that like people look like their dogs? Have you ever, have you ever noticed this? Like, like I, it, I don't know how this happens. I don't know if the dog looks like more like the owner or the owner looks more like the dog. But you see the, I see these people walking around my neighborhood all the time. And I think you, you look a lot alike. You know, like how did this happen? And I, I, I wonder if that has something to do with this fact that we look like what we surround ourselves with. Or you know this, especially if you are an athlete or a musician, Right? I was always kind of a, a mediocre musician. You know, I was in band in high school, but I was never really like top of the tier. But I always got better when I played with people who were better than I was. 
right? Did you experience this as well? You, you, maybe you were in a band and you didn't want to be the one who was kind of holding everybody back. And so you worked harder and harder and harder. And pretty soon you realized that you were better than you used to be. Why? Because we look like what we surround ourselves with. This is true not only in faith communities, but just in general. We look like what we surround ourselves with. Why is this important? Because belonging is important. Finding a place to be, finding a group, finding a people, finding a person is important. And I want to tell you something. I want to be very clear, whether this is your first time or your hundredth time, I want to tell you something very important. If you hear nothing else this morning, I want you to hear this. You belong here. You belong here. I think that's the most important thing that I can say to you this morning. And there's a myriad of reasons why you belong here. But I want to talk specifically this morning about this text from Ephesians. This morning we're going to read from Ephesians chapter 3. If you don't already have a Bible with you, and maybe there's one around your house, go ahead and grab it. You know, Um, we're going to be in Ephesians uh, chapter 3 verses 8 through 13. And and, uh, we're going to read this passage here in just a second. But I just want to encourage you to have a Bible handy. Maybe it's on your phone or however you use it. I want to encourage you to read it. this morning, and, and I want to read this first passage. Um, um, uh, 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 Pastor Kay read out of uh, the message. I want us to be exposed to many different versions this morning. And so this morning, uh, even though Pastor Kay read out of the message, we're going to come to the CEB. The Common English Bible says this, that God gave his grace to me to preach the good news about the immeasurable riches of Christ to the Gentiles. This is Paul, uh, an apostle of Christ. He is writing to the church in Ephesus. We call people who live in Ephesus Ephesians. And so Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and he's encouraging them and explaining what Paul's mission is. And and Paul um, starts in this way. He says, God gave his grace to me, his grace to preach the good news about the immeasurable riches of Christ to the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? Well, the Gentiles were anybody who was not a Hebrew, who was not Jewish in this time. And it was believed, they were having this debate early on in the church, could you follow Jesus without being Jewish? And Paul's belief was absolutely, yes, you can, because Christ came for all people, not just some. And so Paul writes to Ephesus and he says, God gave his grace to me so that I could preach to the people on the outside. I think this, this definition of grace, actually the, the term grace has two definitions. The first one is this, that grace is unearned acceptance of God. Grace is unearned acceptance of God. And people who are believers have, have just, you know, kind of, kind of captured hold of that grace and, and just accepted it, that they have this un, unearned acceptance of God. And here's the great thing about this. Nobody has unearned it more than anyone else. Right? It's a confusing statement, but, but we all have the same amount of unearned acceptance of God. You who have an unearned acceptance of God, you get to choose whether you respond, but you have an unearned acceptance of God. That's what grace is. That's, that's the first idea of grace, is this unearned acceptance of God. God. God has welcomed you. God is calling out to you. God is beckoning. God is wooing you into relationship with God. Wherever you are, 
But as the saying goes, God loves you exactly where you are, but God loves you enough not to leave you there. And so not only are we have this unearned acceptance of God, but we have this second um, definition of grace. And it is the power to be better tomorrow than you are today. Grace is not only this unearned acceptance, but it is a power to be better tomorrow than you are today. This is, um, in the Methodist circles, we call this idea Christian perfection, right? This idea that we are constantly moving closer to who Jesus is, that every day we look a little bit more like Christ. And the only way we can do that is through the grace of God. So I want to say that you belong here. And the reason that you belong is because of grace. And grace is this unearned acceptance of God and this power to be better. If, you, if you've ever had this, this feeling like, I just can't do this on my own. Right? I, I just can't do this thing that I'm trying to do. I can, I can know the exact right thing to do. I can know to not eat dessert at 10 p.m. But I cannot do it. I know. <laughs> But we have this grace. We have this holy power to be better tomorrow than we are today. And when we start to tap into that grace, we actually gain this ability that we never had in the first place. Paul says, God has given his grace to me so that I can preach to the Gentiles, so that I can preach to the people on the outside. And then he says this in in verse 10, um, again, in the common English Bible, I hope you follow along in whatever translation you have. God's purpose, Paul says, is now to show the rulers and powers in the heavens, the many different varieties of his wisdom through the church. Listen to that. His, His many different varieties of wisdom. Paul is saying God is wise. In fact, God is the the most wise, the most all-knowing being that there is. But Paul calls God's wisdom various and otherwise. In other words, Paul says God is diverse. God is diverse. God is multifaceted. God is more complex than we can comprehend. And here's the thing about that. If God is diverse, then his body, the church, must be diverse as well in order to represent God in the world. If God is various, if God is diverse, then we, as the body of Christ, must be diverse in order to represent to other people, to the Gentiles, to the outsiders, in order to represent to the world what God looks like. We, as a body, must be diverse. Here's this truth about this diversity, about this variety, friends, that that we must have variety to have unity. We must have variety to have unity. Otherwise, it's uniformity. And, and this is where the church has gotten it wrong so many times, friends, that we have to be various. This is a, this is a theological imperative. This is a, this is a biblical principle. This idea of variety, this idea of diversity. We have to have variety in order to be united for the sake of Christ. If we don't have this variety, friends, then we're just uniform. 
God doesn't call us to be uniform because God, God's self is not uniform, that we must have variety. And here's the good news about that, is that if we are called to be a various church, if we are called to be a diverse church, then you belong, no matter who you are. Because we are constantly striving to be more and more diverse, and the only way that we can do that is by adding you here. You belong. Whether you're a Republican or Democrat, you belong. Whether you're black or white, you belong. Regardless of whom you are voting for this November, you belong. You belong here. And one of the reasons is because we are constantly striving to be more and more diverse. And the only way we can do that is by welcoming you. If you've ever thought, no, I, I, you know, I, can't, I can't belong to a church. I, they wouldn't welcome me. If they knew what I believed, if they knew what I thought, if they knew anything about me, they wouldn't welcome me. Here, friends, I am here to say that there are, you may have many excuses, but that one will not work because you belong here because we are constantly seeking to be more and more diverse. And the only way we can do that is if we welcome you. You belong here. Paul says this in, in verse 11 through 12, that this whole idea of diversity, this, very, this variety of God's wisdom, this was consistent with the plan that God had made from the beginning of time that he accomplished through Christ Jesus our Lord. And he says this, in Christ we have bold and confident access to God. Through faith in him. Bold and confident access to God. If you have your Bible with you, I'd invite you to highlight that in some way, underline it. Bold and confident access to God. I want to just take a moment to say how profound that idea is. That, that, that Paul is Jewish. And in this time, there's this understanding that we worship God at the temple. This is where God resides. And, and, and if you've ever seen constructions of the temple or, or models of the temple, maybe you've even been to Israel and seen where the, where the, the temple stood. There was this idea that God is here. And there are very many different, different borders and barricades in order to make sure that the people who, who have practiced cleanliness laws get closer to the temple. And there was only one person who was allowed into the Holy of Holies one time a year during the Day of Atonement. And this was the person that, that could go before for the Lord in this kind of accessible way. There was one person one time a year and Paul writes to the church in Ephesus and says, we all now, we all now have bold and confident access to God. Paul says, God is accessible. Paul says, my, my primary responsibility is to eliminate the barriers to God. He says, if you're a Gentile, you're welcome. If you're this, you are welcome. I am reaching out to you, you are welcome. If you are over here, you are welcome. You are welcome. You are welcome. Why? Not because Paul wanted to be welcoming, but because he believed that his God was accessible. 
Friends, our God is accessible, and if our God is accessible, then our church ought to be as well. Our church ought to be accessible. That is why we go to, to painstaking abilities to make sure that we are accessible, not only in, in, in making sure that we have ramps in our ADA, ADA compliant. We also um, welcome Tess, who is, uh, who is our stenographer, who is our live captioner. And, and she is here. Tess, can, is there a way that you can say hi to people? I know that you're like, she's the one who types. And, and so all the text that you read and, and she is the one who is, who is capturing this so that people who are hard of hearing or are deaf can actually access the church. Friends, it is not only important that we make sure that our church is accessible because God is accessible to people who, who may have different abilities. Friends, we also need to make sure that our church is accessible to those who are elderly. Friends, we need to make sure that our church is accessible to young families with young children whose kids scream and cry. We need to make sure that our church is accessible for people who have never been to church. We need to make sure that we have as little barriers as possible for people who have never stepped into a church before. Why? Not because we think hospitality is a good idea. Not because hospitality is this fad that we are trying out. But because our God is accessible. The most important thing I can tell you this morning is that you belong here. Whoever you are, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, I want to tell you that you belong here. I have a mentor who describes the church like a farm. And he says, you know, if you have, if you have cattle, right, and you have cattle on a, on a small plot of land, you can build a fence around that plot of land to keep the cattle in, right? It's just a small plot of land. You build a small fence around it and you keep the cattle in. And it's very easy to know, to say, these cattle are mine. The ones that are in the fence are mine. And the cattle that are on the outside of the fence are not mine. And many times that's how we've operated in the church. We've built barriers around the church and we've said, if you believe this, if you will say this, if you vote this way, if you do this thing, if you act this way, if you, if you like these people or don't like these people, then you are in. But if not, if you don't agree with us on all these barriers or all these lines, then you are out. But if you have a large plot of land, if you have thousands of acres, you won't take the time to, to build a large fence around such a large plot of land over various terrain. In fact, many cattlemen, many ranchers have discovered that if you simply put a well where you want the cattle to gather, the cattle will be there. That if you put, a, if you gather around a life source, if you, if you put that life source where you want the people to be, then the people will be there. Friends, our well is Jesus Christ. 
My question for you is, do you want to follow Jesus? Do you want to learn about Jesus? Do you, do you want to, to know and to be like Jesus, friends? If, if you want to know anything about Jesus, if you just want to learn a little bit more, friends, I want to say that you belong here. There are no lines, there are no barriers, there are no things that are keeping you away. Because you belong here. Whoever you are, wherever you are, I want to encourage you this week to surround yourself with people that are where you want to be. Not just physically. Surround yourself with people who are where you want to be to say, I, you have a healthy family, I want to be around you. You have this spirituality that I want. I want to be around you. Surround yourself with people you want to be, where you, with people that are where you want to be. I'll remind you one more time that you belong here. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.